You want to get high, man? Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. Rojan Kim. Let's start recording now. All right, cool. Um, all right, thank you. All right, welcome to the Rojan Kim cast, everybody. I have uh, with me today fellow comedian, um, and I guess you're in Minnesota, you, you were saying? That's right, too, you're right. <laughs> That's cool. Is that where you're from originally? Yep, Twin Cities. Nice. Okay. And we have, um, and how do you say your last name, Nick? Is it Lindsmeyer? Lindsmeyer, yep. Lindsmeyer. Okay, cool. We have Nick Lindsmeyer, everybody. Um, he has been, I've seen you in the, um, oh, in the golden age of open mics that we had where we, you could just throw a rock and hit an open mic. Yep. Um, but one of the reasons, whoa, I look really red. I don't know what's up with my camera. Hold on. Wow, well, we're fucking. Um, it looks like I'm in hell, uh, which <laughs> it's appropriate. Um, I probably sound like hell. My mic's not working, so whatever. No, I think you sound I fine. mean, it was working a second ago. Like, the one I plugged in anyway, it fucked up the whole audio you system. Wanna try putting it, you want to try putting it back? Yeah, let's, let's not bother. Are you sure? I'm, I'm grateful right. to be on. I'm sure it'll be fine. All right, man. Um, well, one of the reasons I asked you on was because I noticed that you had been making posts and stuff just about um, – this is about like trading and stocks, about oil futures and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And because uh, I have, um, I've been interested. I feel like every time there's some kind of financial disaster or crisis, I get interested. Yeah. In uh, so I got into stocks, you know, like 10 years ago, or whatever. Uh, but not like in any sophisticated, I mean, just like any idiot would get into it. You know what I mean? Like on Robin Hood or like mm -hmm. just E-Trade or whatever, you know, and having no idea what I'm doing and then. I'm sure I lost a couple hundred bucks or something. And then I was like, yeah. Um, but then this time around, I was like, okay, what if I actually like spent some time to learn about what it was instead of just like, you know, so, um, so yeah, then I started learning just like about um, trading in general, just like Forex and then futures and stocks or whatever, you know, and like, it's like, I don't have any money to trade or anything, but I just felt that it was like, Something that was very interesting to me, you know, just like, just the idea that this is, um, well, first of all, it's clear that um, finance is way more important to the state than let's just say people, <laughs> than regular yeah. people. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, then I guess I might as well look at what the, what's going on over here, you know? And then, um, and then to realize the more you learn about it, there's like, something about it that's incredibly rational and then something about it that's incredibly irrational at the same time. You know what I mean? And, and part of it is like, I guess this is like, you know, this idea, you know, it's just supply and demand, um, you know, trading, buying and selling. Like it's kind of sort of the very, the one thing that actually unites the entire world. You know what I mean? Like, um, money, baby. Hey, well, you ever read, um, you ever read that book, uh, Sapiens? You ever hear that book? Uh, I know of it. I, I think I've read excerpts of it, but I haven't actually plowed through. Um, yeah, his whole thing in there is that, like, if you really look at the commerce is probably the only one thing people have been able to agree on and not kill each other <laughs> totally over. You know, it's like the one we all agreed for some reason that gold was worth something. <laughs> and then we all decided to just, like, trade off of that, you know, and it's 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 basically pretty similar except now we've got gigantic AIs and shit like <laughs> manipulating the markets and stuff. So, so 
why, why don't you tell me just a little bit about like how you got, um, cause you said you started, um, you bought stocks when you were like a kid and stuff, right? Well, yeah, I, I first wanted to buy stocks reading about it in like, uh, I don't know, middle school or high school. I can't, I think, I think it was like seventh grade. And there was, I was reading about Boeing all the time because I uh -huh. was imitating a friend of mine who was smart and he's a lawyer now. Uh -huh. and I'm a fucking open micer, but he, yeah. uh, he was reading the wall street journal in seventh grade. And then I decided to read the wall street journal. And, uh, I, I kept reading about Boeing and they were going to have this huge new uh, jet called the Dreamliner. Wasn't known for its size, but its efficiency and it's going to revolutionize. So I was, I told my dad I had some, you know, allowance or whatever. I had some uh, birthday money savings. And I said, can you put like, oh, I don't know, a hundred bucks or something on this. And uh, that was yeah, 2007, I guess something maybe, maybe before then. But anyway, the point being that was, that was what got me started. Uh -huh. And then, Ever. So it was just some guy that you admired, basically? <laughs> yeah, you... my good buddy, if he's listening, probably not. <laughs> Whit Morley, he's too busy. He's Right now he's working companies through bankruptcies because left and right, right oil companies especially, are just tanking. Oh, yeah. Unintended because they fucking can't, they can't find places to store it. And so the American producers who have a higher cost basis globally than most of the world, they're just they're never going to come back probably a lot of yeah them. well i want to i actually want to talk about this some more but i want to put a pin in it for a second because i just want to talk about okay so you were like boeing you just fucking read a paper you just like basically you just read some news and you were like yeah. this sounds interesting and i, I didn't know, know quantitative what it's like. analysis or anything like that i was a kid but my dad like you know he humored me and he went to the bank and he got me the stock and like one share or whatever not much but um yeah. Ever since then, I've always liked to save money and I don't like to spend money. And uh, I just, I'm a buy and hold kind of guy, Rojan. I don't actively trade too much. I uh -huh. did a little bit for a hot minute in like college, mm -hmm. but uh, like, cause that was right after the financial crash. Yeah. And I, like banks were really exciting because they were like, I remember Bank of America, I bought in at $5 a share. Whoa. And then I sold <laughs> shortly thereafter and I basically broke even because it was like, super volatile yeah um, but um yeah ever since then i've paid at least a little bit of attention to it and uh i don't again i don't try to spend too much time on it yeah I, I mean it can be like i can see people getting upset i mean i got obsessed for a little bit and then i realized well there's no point to me spending all this time doing it. you know what i mean i mean i am learning a lot but at the same time like it's kind of like it's like i mean it's like basically if i was like a, a uh, sports gambler and just checking mm -hmm. all the fucking score you know what i mean it's just like yeah. doing all this like so-called due diligence but i'm not really like like i don't have the capital to do anything so that you know um but i i, I do feel like it's interesting do you still have the that boeing stock do you still have I that do. share nice yeah i've done what's called a drip uh dividend reinvestment program uh -huh. so it just buys more stock whenever they issue the dividend so now I say I have, just reinvesting. Like, yep. So it's grown over the years and it actually was doing super well. Like it was like $440 a share or like maybe it was 360, something like that within the last year. And then obviously uh -huh. this happened, but um, I think I, I think it was like a hundred dollars a share when I got it. So it, it was like doing great. And now it's like almost back to where I started, but <laughs> the dividends and the growth of that means that it actually has 
gained in value, you know, because right. Well, well, Boeing, I hear so much talk about Boeing just because they're like basically the biggest manufacturer, I think, in the country, right? And um, they and they were in Washington, so they were hit like first, essentially, and all this stuff. And yeah. then, of course, with travel and all this shit. But do you just feel like are you kind of like? Um, well, first of all, I feel like you're you got you're like a value investor, basically, right? You're sort of like you're like a Warren Buffett. You're like a mini Buffett, basically, because <laughs> like because you're all about basically just like going for the value, buying it, holding it, because you're yeah. going to increase in value. Um, so do you feel that like Boeing? Because I heard about you know it was big news that Buffett dumped all his airline stock, right? Because he was like, <laughs> he's yeah. like, oh, I guess I didn't see this coming. But do you feel like? in the long run there's it's just gonna bounce back like there's no you know what i mean like that i mean boeing yeah. is such a huge company like i just feel like is it just are they just gonna prop it up or what do you think well i'll tell you for somebody like me and obviously everybody's circumstances are different and for me i had some cash i was planning on getting a new job um like actually right before the pandemic i was talking to some people about making some more money um but I didn't sell anything. I'll, I'll say that. I didn't sell anything before or after this crash. Mm-hmm. In fact, I invested like in mid-March while things were crashing. And I did a stupid thing though. I put money in uh, Delta and in Spirit <laughs> Airlines. And I also, those were just two things. And then I put a little bit in um, the overall market, like an ETF of the S&P 500. And I did some in a like a mortgage back, like a, a mortgage backed security real estate investment trust, a REIT. And that is shit the bed. But you know what? I think it'll come back eventually. Um, the, the market overall has done better since I bought in. So that's, but airlines have totally tanked. And I didn't expect Warren to exit completely from airlines. So that kind of threw me for a loop. But yeah, I, I, I basically buy and hold because. Um, as you were saying, you could go crazy with all the analysis, right? You yeah. could just spend forever and you still don't know. That's the thing. Everybody's yeah. still making somewhat of a gamble. And, you know, I'm sure you've read about the efficient markets theory, the hypothesis that everybody has a certain level of information. And you can, if, as long as you do some research, you have an awareness of what's going on. It's kind of just your gut feeling at that point. What, what do you think is going to happen next? So that's... You know, that's kind of what I do. And overall, the market tends to go up over time. So that's why it makes sense. So then do you, um, how do you feel about like all this like sort of technical analysis stuff? And like, there's so many sort of like schools of thought and sort of, it looks like a lot of it just seems like a racket of just like, pay us a buddy and we'll show you this awesome tool or indicator that's gonna guarantee you money or whatever, you know, like it's, but I, I mean, do you feel like it's just, it's essentially, um, I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, a lot of that technical analysis stuff is just like Rorschach tests. You know what I mean? It's just like, you kind of end up seeing what you want to see. If you try hard enough, you'll see what you want to see. You'll be like, there it is. You know, you'll be like, there's a trend line here. or There's this there. So like, That's I wonder, yeah, I always thought that like, it seems like the only, it works because everybody else is thinking that it worked you know what i mean it kind of works because everybody's in on it together (laughs) yeah exactly then if you're left holding the bag you know some it's like musical chairs somebody's going to be left without liquidity or whatever the case may be holding the short or right and i feel like it's sort of probably kind of 
honestly, like if I had a shitload of money, I would think it would be like kind of fun to just knock everybody out, just like move, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like put in big orders, move everybody, just knock everybody out and then buy back it, you know, just fuck, just, I yeah. feel like you could just, because you could do that, that would just be a thing. Why not? Like, why wouldn't you do it, you know? Um, yeah. And then I can only imagine like um, all these uh, high frequency trading sort of like algorithms and AIs going and crazy and you know, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, do you feel like um, there's a lot of talk right now about people just are like, so uh, they just don't believe that the market can go up or why it's going up. They just don't get it. And they're like, every time it seems that there's not to fall, like, it just seems like somebody's just pumping money directly. And I think it is the Fed. The Fed is oh, essentially yeah. pumping money. But do you feel like that's, um, I don't know, is that something that you have seen since you've been doing this stuff for a while? Or do you feel like this is sort of like a, a new, it's like an unprecedented time where it seems like things are being manipulated? Well, when we say manipulated, I think you can look at that a lot of ways. You can be conspiratorial and say, who's manipulating? Is it like billionaires and stuff? Mm -hmm. Is it a cabal running the world, lizard people? Is it the Fed? Um, I think largely what's happened right now is just, you know, the, the Federal Reserve has learned the lesson from both the Great Depression and the Great Recession. Uh, obviously, during the Great Recession, they tried to prevent a Great Depression, which they did. Uh, ben Bernanke, who spent his whole life studying the Great Depression, was able to fire a lot of um, money into the system, you know, shoot a lot of money into the system right when it counted and it stabilized the banking system. And, you know, a lot of that is through bailouts of banks and maybe there could have been a better way by bailing out individuals who would have then injected that money into the system. I think there's a very good argument for that. And I think right now it's, it's a tragedy what's going on that so many uh, companies are going under that just arbitrarily they, okay, there's so much to unpack, but um, you know, right now, I think the government should give more money to individuals than to companies because they would pump the money back into the economy and people wouldn't go hungry and all that. Um, yeah, and you know, what's funny is uh, now that you mention it, I remember this exact same argument 12 years ago of people mm -hmm. being, you need to give people money so that they spend it into the economy. And then they're just like, nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> we're not going to do that. Sacks. Yeah, we're not. but this time it's like even worse because last time they didn't shut down the fucking whole economy for two months. You know what I mean? It's not like people were out of work for two months. So yeah. I just don't understand. It just seems like a no brainer that you would like want to just, just flood the, the like basically consumers with money yeah. so that they don't start going crazy and start rioting. And like Less than 5% you know? of the money so far spent has been directly to people. Less than 5%. It's, the rest is to companies. I mean, it's amazing. It's almost like, I mean, that's, that's why you can see why the conspiratorial shit is there. But I feel like it doesn't even necessarily need to be that sinister, mm -hmm. but it is just kind of clear who the, who's you know, being favored, you know, I mean, it's just not like really a conspiracy, it's pretty out in the open, <laughs> it's like, it's pretty obvious that like, okay, there's no, I mean, I remember when the market was crashing, and they did the emergency, like 1.5 trillion, right, and they just like unleashed it, 
and I get it. You know, they were saying like the whole thing was just going to collapse. So they needed to stop it from collapse. You know, I, I get that, but it is the contrast between how much they fought the debate over that versus the debate over when they were doing the the bill for the people, like Mm -hmm. was just amazing. Like they were just, they're basically fighting tooth and nail when they were working out the stimulus package for people. <laughs> Essentially, they were just quibbling and arguing and delaying it. But when it came to like the banks and Wall Street, they were just like, "Ah, let's, let's go!" You yeah, know, like, it's and it just it's just like that's so fascinating, so fascinating that they not even just once they could just be like, you know what, fuck it, we're just gonna give everybody, <laughs> let's give everybody two grand or like almost every other country has formulated some way of like either doing 80% of people's income or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it is. They, and I think it's, that's just the, it's basically just like smart money. Like if you think about it, cause I just, I don't know. I don't foresee stability. Like, you know, I don't see how you can keep things stable if you're going to shut everything down and then not give people anything, like any way to pay rent or anything like yeah. that. You know? Have you gotten your stimulus check? I, I just got it. Yeah. Oh, really? When? Just got it. Um, What's today? So I think I got a Saturday. Okay, today's the twelfth. I still haven't gotten it. Did you? And check I know your, a lot of people still haven't gotten it. Yeah. Did you check your website, the website thingy, or whatever? I haven't bothered because, like, oh, yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm fortunately working during this, and like they need to, you need to put in your social security number and it was all this bullshit. I don't know. Did Did you use the website before you got it? Yeah, I did it. Um, well, I actually ended up filing my taxes early this year, so I think they just had all my shit, but. Um, the uh, website was simple, except the only thing was you needed to put in all caps for your address or else it wouldn't work. But besides that, it, um, yeah, it, it was pretty, it was fairly accurate. It said that it was going to get mailed a certain day. It was a check, so it ended up coming in the mail. But I think it also depends on income. Like, it, it's like... Yeah, I definitely didn't make enough last year to uh, exempt myself, so... Yeah, so you should be getting it. I'm sure you should be. It's just so slow. It it's been eight weeks or whatever. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing. Like if they, if they thought that you took money from them, they would just take it from me <laughs> instantly. They would just take it right out of your bank account. You know what I mean? If the yeah, IRS exactly. felt like they needed to put a lien on you or whatever, they would just snatch that money. <laughs> but yeah. when it comes to them giving you back twelve hundred dollars that you paid them for taxes, <laughs> like oh. Oh, bro. <laughs> it's going to take me a while. Well, and, and we're, we're good about in this country blaming the government, but we just fucking don't fund it enough to even work. So it's like, it's truly kicking somebody when they're down. It's like, why aren't you being a good friend? And your friend is like over in the corner having a fucking seizure and epileptic fit. And you're like, <laughs> such a douchebag. Why aren't you, why aren't you paying attention to me? It's like, their, their fucking core is not even working. Their, their basic you know, Maslow's hierarchy has just crumbled. So you can't blame them for not doing other higher order things. Well, that is, yeah, that is something interesting you're bringing up um, where there's a lot of like sort of uh, consumer blaming and shaming or voter shaming or, you know what I mean? Just like when it, uh, this is something I think about all the time when it comes to like um, the environment where there's a lot of like, well, if only you'd recycle and you'd stop eating meat and you'd stop to, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm the problem. <laughs> Like I'm the problem. I'm just I'm just buying what's available. Like you know what I mean. Like we're all just part of a system. It's like there's people out there who are fucking in charge of all of that. If they change the system, you know, you change the system, people change behaviors. I mean, that's really. I just feel like it's very. It's kind of like it's a very interesting 
tactic to put it on totally on the consumer when you know it's just like you know if we just all you have to do is pass a law you just pass laws and people start shifting behaviors you know what i mean like a lot of the stuff that um for instance the stuff that caused the crash in 2008 it was all legal. It wasn't, there's was nothing illegal. You know what I mean? It was, it was yeah. fine. You know, everything they were doing is totally legal. Like there's nothing wrong with, you know, but yeah. so, I mean, it's really the system. It's just like, because that loophole is there, we can do that. Um, right. Do you think though that they're going to, what do you think? Do you really think they're going to just like keep basically kicking the can down the road and stalling on giving money? Or do you think eventually they're going to be like, we got to, we got to fucking start paying people. <laughs> Oh, it's a great question. I think it's in the Republicans' best interest to be um, to act like it's the Democrats' fault for not reopening the country until the election. They'll yeah. blame the economic crash on the Democrats, and anything else, they'll say, "Oh, the government wasn't there to save you, so don't invest more money in the government." So the fact that the Republicans control the White House and the Senate, and all the Democrats are just stuck in the middle of the house um i don't know i think we're fucked ah really god damn it uh i I mean yeah a lot of it i can see is this electioneering where both sides are basically playing chicken with the entire country to see if like basically i think you're right it's like both sides want the population to blame the other team for the failure, right? So like everybody, yeah, the Republicans want everybody to blame the Democrats and then the Democrats want everybody to blame Trump, you know, be like Trump is the reason, you know, and then meanwhile, I feel like there's a lot of people sort of in the middle who are like, oh, you guys both suck. You guys both basically (laughs) screwed the pooch on this. Like you guys could have really, I mean, I think about this all the time. Like there's all the the news that came out about um, those like four senators who basically traded on the coronavirus news and like you know and one of them we're done talking about it what the fuck's gonna happen to them like nothing 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 at all because there's no inside insider trading is completely legal in congress Although, right like no it's not there was a uh, oh, did they change it yeah they passed i believe in 2010 or 2011 called the stock act oh, okay. and it's like stop trading you know it's like some okay. weird backronym but basically it, it's supposed to prevent congress from insider trading so it's it's a shocking that we've had 200 and almost 40 years of history or more or whatever. And the fact that we fucking still, that only recently that was illegal and then it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. Well, I think one of the senators is married to the president of the New York Stock Exchange. So, you know, that's, oh, they don't Mitch jail. McConnell. Mitch McConnell's wife is something, she's like a really big no, business person but no no it was that lady senator uh kelly whatever the, the one of them was a woman so feinstein was one of them yeah this other lady kelly something okay. i can't remember her name I but remember she's Richard married was another guy yeah oh. so that woman's husband okay. is the president of the stock exchange um, oh okay so you know i'm sure there's nothing shady there yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I have a question. I, I, I have had trouble circling back around to it, but you said something I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on. Sure. You mentioned um, you don't, when it comes to like the environment, you don't think it's necessarily individuals to blame. You think the system can be changed for people to help the environment. And I think largely that's the case. I think if we invest more in green energy, I think we should have a green new deal. That's a big thing. But I just wonder where politically you fall because like if you try to legislate people's choices on food, you know, anything uh, with their health, 
people get very antsy. Like even New York City with the fucking uh, Michael Bloomberg, you know, soda tax, right? Right, right. Well, yeah, I, I, um, here's the thing. I mean, I think that with the, let's say, yeah, let's just take the environment, for instance, um, the, no matter how much people, no matter how much we reduce, reuse, recycle, no matter how much we do that, the entire grid runs on coal, essentially. <laughs> like our entire grid, even our Teslas are powered eventually. You go far enough back, it's still coal. You know what I mean? Like well, and, Mostly and, natural gas now, but yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's actually the, one of the things I want to talk about because of our fracking. Uh, but like, but you know what I mean? We're burning fossil sure. fuels. Essentially, right. like, all of it's essentially burning fossil fuels. So the system inherently is just uh, like rigged if you're like, so it's like no matter if everybody just starts recycling or whatever, it doesn't matter when all the factories that recycle the materials, they're all running on, you know, they're belching carbon into the air, everything, you know, so, so right. I feel like in some ways it's like, um, yeah, I think you could try to regulate people's behavior. You could try to do this, try to limit waste, but it, it, until some systemic changes occur, uh, I think a lot of the pandemic might be an interesting catalyst to a lot of that, like maybe some decentralization of things like factory farming or industrial agriculture. Like, I mean, I think a lot of the centralization that we did, especially with food production and, um, I don't know, I guess like industry and shit like that, like we probably could figure out ways of doing it that are way cleaner and more sustainable. You know what I mean? Probably more productive, like honestly, you know, we could probably mm -hmm. figure that out. But I think because, um, well, I mean, honestly, I think it's a lot of it is America is in some ways um, at its soul, uh, like an agrarian society. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if there's a, it's not like a smaller country that can be super nimble and just decide, you know what, we're going digital currency now and just fucking switching everything. You know what I mean? There's like, sure. there's, I, I think there's so much, um, there's a great deal of just sort of like, uh, whether it's like attachment to the way things used to be like farmers were, or if it's just the fact that this country is just way too big and there's no way to enact all this change, you know, like I think it's in some ways it's, um, I feel like, honestly, I feel like in some ways it's, a way of placing the blame onto the people instead of sure. being like, you know, what we got to do is really change a lot of the stuff. Because I do feel like, I mean, even with the um, the fucking the insider trading thing, you yeah. know, like that's it's been legal this whole time. So they don't think they probably don't. Even though that law was passed, I bet you most of Congress doesn't feel like it's wrong. You know what I mean? Well, like it's probably not wrong. You know, because we do it all the time. Like I and I feel like they there must be this sense of you know elitism and entitlement of like look we are you know we, we're special <laughs> we can sure. do this you know and so i think that there's something about that that is um i don't know it, it's just weird it just it's like it's you know this actually reminds me of like what people would say after the financial crash which was like it was a lot of like kind of blaming the people like those people knew they couldn't afford those houses and those people knew that they couldn't take those loans on and those people knew that they couldn't afford those mortgages or whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of them did. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure a lot of them did yeah. figure, but at the time it's not like they were being discouraged and it's not like the, the entire system was predicated on just flipping houses. Like, yeah. you know, back then it was just like, you buy a house, you flip it, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. you know, so I think it's systemically, the whole thing was designed 
to just give out loans to people for how you know just to create yeah. this housing bubble so i, I don't mean, know that's just yeah uh, on the flip side you could say well consumers have as many choices in america as almost anywhere you can if you wanted to you could buy a nissan leaf you could get solar panels they could run completely uh on you know solar power you could eat nothing but a plant-based diet which is much less harmful to the environment um you could do all these things and you could choose to save more money like i do and not spend as much although then that would be a hard thing to do when you're getting all this fucking solar panels and shit yeah. but um but no i mean you could make the case that somebody could live in a very modest sustainable way in america we just choose to have huge mansions and stuff and have the biggest vehicle possible i say collectively we but i drive sure. a free and i don't spend too much money but anyway right 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 right. culturally uh, sure i mean if we did that we um it's very possible but at the same time it's like you know what's a real big polluter uh war <laughs> You know, sure. makes, you know what makes a lot That's of fossil true. fuels? <laughs> Cruise missile, <laughs> they burn tons of fuel, and then all the debris they put into the air. Where they, you know what I mean? So it's just like, on some level, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, but like systemically, it's you know what I mean. We America is essentially just like a ravenous, rapacious monster. You know, like we're just guzzling the entire. You know, we just like we that is that's us. You know, like we and we've. I feel like. I, I feel like, you know, if America started saving like you, like if yeah. every single person started saving like you, this country would be on its knees. Like this country, <laughs> the economy would crumble, <laughs> you know, like just because, I mean, at least at first, I'm sure it might pick up, but like, yeah. I feel like this country is so predicated on spending that, you know, that's the system in place, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that we turn everybody into me, although that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty um, awesome. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I feel like some of what you're saying, like, uh, why does it matter if I eat cheeseburgers all day and have a Ford F-150 if I'm a single man who works in a desk job? Uh, you could say the same thing for some fucking Frenchman, you know? Some guy in France could say, oh, what does it matter? The Americans, they, they waste. They waste. I don't need to do any better. You know? Right. They, they could... Basically, the, the lawmakers there could say the same thing with good reason, that America, 5% of the world's population, emits 20% of the world's carbon. Right. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, like, because then that, I could just logically extend that to, like, we are all going to die, so I do anything. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, right. so that's not, <laughs> that's not really what yeah, I'm that's saying. That's not what you're saying. Good. good. No, no. no, what I'm saying is that, like, the, I think, no matter what, the consumer is going to change their behavior. You know what I mean? Like, like, like if given the choice between something that is better for the environment and something that isn't given the right conditions, I think people over time will to make that choice. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I think for the thing that's going to make that hard in the long run is economics. So like just mm -hmm. with the price of oil. So one of the things about oil, if oil gets super cheap, there's not much incentive really for a lot of people to switch to clean energy or anything like that. If, you know, if everything suddenly becomes cheaper because, you know, every, their energy costs start going down. Like I don't yeah. necessarily see a lot of people being like, yeah, we got to, you know, so like, I think those are the kind of things that would uh, stall something like clean energy. Uh, but I think a lot of that is based on infrastructure, right? A lot of that is based on like, I mean, cause I feel like Germany, you know, some countries, 
they've made pledges to go become clean, right? They've sure. like Paris Accord. Uh, no, I mean besides that, because the Paris Accord isn't binding, but I think like sure. like Germany, I think they said like by I can't remember what it was like twenty thirty something. They're like gonna yeah. be clean, totally clean, no fossil fuels or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. so you could see that systemically in Germany there is gonna be drastic changes right there's gonna they're yeah. gonna start phasing out gas cars they're gonna start phasing out you know more motors and internal combustion you know everybody and you can see how that would change the culture you know i feel like that would sort of cascade there would be like this big effect mm-hmm. um of things changing and i think that's natural you know that's like what happened with with cars or whatever so i feel like the, um it isn't that there's no point in fixing your behavior so that maybe things will get better I think it's that it has to be like a two-pronged thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's like the people and the system sure. have You're to change absolutely. together. And I'm just laughing uh, at myself drinking Aquafina. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't consume. <laughs> yeah. I don't consume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm at, meanwhile, I'm at my dad's apartment now in Minnesota, and my dad he's so he's so fucking uh, such a boomer. He, he like. We had some salmon that was frozen. He's like, oh, it's too tough. He didn't want to eat the salmon. threw it out. <laughs> he doesn't, he, he let me finish what was left of the salmon. And then like, we have a water filter. I got a pure water filter for the uh, sink. And he's like, uh, he's, we, we've been using it. And then he kept getting bottled water. He's like, well, I don't like the taste. He still doesn't, with the pure water filter, still doesn't like the taste. So. But it's just also that idea of just like, this water is not pleasing to me, so I right. purchase my own one. I mean, that is an incredibly privileged, you know, if you go to any country that has to, like, dig for well water and be like, yeah. well, in our country, <laughs> like, our purified water doesn't taste very good. You know, the like, yeah. Of, of, like, a fucking bottle of water, though, if you think about how cheap petrocarbons are right now, how easily extracted they are from places like Saudi Arabia and Russia, and then you compare that to a cheeseburger, that cheeseburger is disastrous for yeah. us and the planet. It's like the worst thing. If you stop, this is, by the way, I need to do, I've done some back of the envelope calculations. I read in uh, Vice last year, fucking Vice, that um, if you stop eating beef for a year, and I've read this someplace else too, it's equivalent of saving 3,000 trees per year. And that's because of all the land it takes to grow the corn and the soybeans to feed the cow, obviously. It's an incredible amount of land, but I, I, I think that number 3,000 is taken from their ass because there are, I believe, like uh, four or five trillion trees, maybe four trillion trees in the world. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. think their math quite adds up. I mean, then all again, that stuff. Eats meat. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I get a lot of that stuff too. And that is. One of the things I, uh, I I worked in China for a bit on a movie like in oh, Shanghai. Oh, Shanghai. Uh, in Shanghai, yeah, I worked. I ended up like a buddy of mine hired me to edit this movie. And one of the things I realized was that like I was like, hold on, the U.S. consumes four times more than the average person on the planet, right? That's like, right. but there's four times more people in China than there are in the U.S. <laughs> so if China started consuming like the U.S. It would be mm-hmm. over, like you know what I mean. That would be the entire world's research. Like, so there's no way. It's already starting to happen, though. I mean, that's like, what I mean. So that that will, yeah, like it's it's. Um, so I think like that. It's it's not sustainable. You know, that's that's the thing. Sure. It's not sustainable. So at some point, something's gonna gotta happen. It's either we're gonna smarten up and try to uh, 
try to engineer something or we're going to be forced to, you know, adapt to whatever that is, you know? So, I mean, so I don't know. It doesn't, um, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows how that, I want a green new deal. I'll tell you that, Rojan. I think if we're going to, as Rahm Emanuel so eloquently and, uh, not callously when he said, never let a good crisis go to waste, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if we don't get a crazy jobs program out of this, because, by the way, we're not going to exit this fucking thing with Macy's, with Kohl's, then he's big, they're fucking gone. Yep. Yeah. It's Amazon, it's all online. Yep. A few are going to remain, Target's going to remain, Walmart's going to remain, but it's yep. everything else is online. We're going to need to put these people to work. We're not going to have as many drivers with uh, autonomous cars in the next five years. So, Green New Deal. Uh, and we're still, we're, we're going to need universal basic income no doubt, you know, and that's going to need to get ramped up, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, we need everything we've been talking about for the past hundred years, the healthcare, we need some kind of basic income or safety net, we need an infrastructure project, we need massive, uh, probably like tax reform, you know, we need need structural reform, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, man. It just seems hard. I feel so hard pressed to see either side working very hard on a solution. And it just, my suspicion is like, and maybe I'm just a cynical person, but it just seems like, uh, it just seems kind of like a grift and that eventually they will, they being the elite, you know, whatever the, the financial, political, whoever elite, are essentially going to turn their backs on the majority of the population and just kind of hunger games it out. You know what I mean? Like just kind of, I mean, I don't, it doesn't, I don't see, it just doesn't seem like there's anything in place or happening or even, they can't even agree on anything. You know what I mean? It just, it just doesn't seem like that that's a priority. So it's so hard for me to, I, I have faith that it could happen, but it's so hard to see at this moment that like, like who's going to be yeah. under what leadership, under what coalition, you know, like under what, like. As long as we revolt before they put chips in our head to control us. Yeah. Well, honestly, I don't think they'll need to, it doesn't have to be invasive, man. It's going to be nanotech. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You breathe just breathe it like it a virus. Yeah, you just breathe it in, and then it'll just form the chip in your head. Like it just goes in there, and it does the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. We don't have to. <laughs> Come on, Nick. We don't have to do any of yeah. that. Yeah, it'll be fine. But, At that well, point, but, we're part of the matrix, and things might be better. I mean, you never know. Possible. <laughs> yeah. We might actually all work together at that point. That's mm-hmm. my. That might be what it takes. It might be um, some kind of like um, a, a nano. Yeah. Exactly maybe under the singularity we could actually work wouldn't it be hilarious if under the singularity we still were just fighting against <laughs> we were still like there was like a red cluster a and a blue faster, cluster we're all yeah, connected, just yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but just more polarized than ever <laughs> you know, like, like well i mean what are your uh feelings on sort of i mean paul i don't know it's hard to uh make it a political but just like in terms of how you see the um, political discourse right now going in terms of where we're going to be in the fall, even, you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you, what do you think? Like, do you have any indications you feel like? Yeah, man, it's, it's looking rough. Obviously we're not going to be able to vote in person. That just seems like that's totally out of the question, at least not to any large scale vote by mail. 
what whoever wins, even if it's the Democrats, I feel like we're gonna contest the results of the election. Well, of course, if it's the Democrats, but also the, everybody's gonna do it. People have been saying that about Trump. He's not gonna go quietly. He's right. not. He never would, under any circumstance, go quietly. But wait, you uh, don't think so? Because some sometimes I think that like if you he lost and you took the job off of him, it might be the best time to just slip out. Like like on, <laughs> like right now might be. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I would I want to be so. left. That, that's a great scenario. That I, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't, um, I don't know. Yeah. I honestly, I am now. Um, I hope Biden dies. I'll say that. I hope he I just, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, now. I have no faith in either candidate at this point. I have no faith in either party. I have yeah. no faith in, like, I honestly think the Democrats are going to run some kind of rigmarole at the convention and be like ah now we're gonna have someone else and right know, cuomo, cuomo or something and, yeah and like everybody and that's actually well the most ridiculous thing is that like okay you guys had four years and the best person you came up with was the guy who did well in the crisis that literally just happened <laughs> like you had nobody else before that like that's i, I mean that's that's one of the things i'm like you guys literally had three years i mean you had years and mm -hmm. the, the only thing they were going for was the rush it was russia and then when russia fell apart it was impeaching and then that right. fell apart and then it was pandemic <laughs> like that was basically like one after the other the democrats you know? are so bad at messaging you know like messaging and leadership but i mean technically when trump gets out of office he could still be prosecuted for russian you know crimes with russia he just there was no collusion but there could have been coordination there clearly was coordination because they were meeting together well so, yeah but that's actually one of the reasons why the um nothing came after the Mueller report and the, especially when they had the hearing is like they were trying to get um a clear crime they were just trying to get a clear but there was no you know what i mean there was just right. i mean there's that weird language of he was not exonerated from a crime but like that's not right. really a real thing there's no such thing as that you know what i mean it's like like if you're if you're accused of a crime they don't go you're exonerated you know they're either yeah, he wasn't or not. Exonerated. well that's the thing it's a, but there was no there's no such thing the, the the whole thing is like in the end there was like no evidence to you know what i mean that's what they were saying is that there was no evidence to, or not enough evidence yeah he could be tried for other things though that's what robert Mueller basically said or he was questioned on he said that's true basically but i think the reason was because he didn't he just wanted there to be an out of sorts you know what i mean like i don't like muller for instance for like do you remember i don't know if you remember muller was the director of the fbi uh during 9-11 yeah i'm 42 dude i'm fucking old um wow. and yeah. uh you can just c-span this right now you can just type in muller wmd and yeah. it's him pitching wmds in iraq to congress it's him being like we have evidence, you know, we have, and so, you know, so confident, so assured in his Robert Mueller way. But that's kind of like, okay, is this the guy we're trusting? <laughs> is it the guy who lied to Congress to get us into the war? It's either he lied willingly or he was, he thought that, you know what I mean? It's either incompetence or he willfully lied in that mm. instance. And either one doesn't give me any faith in like, oh, this guy is the guy to yeah, like- how did I miss that? Here. Where did you, you just pulled that from your memory? Was anybody talking about that? Oh no, they taught, yeah, yeah, people were talking about that a lot. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of critics um, of Mueller, especially from, I, I a lot of my critique of 
the Russiagate stuff, I sort of got from the left of the media. So a lot of progressive voices like Glenn Greenwald, Aaron Monte, yeah. uh, Jimmy Dore was actually a good one there. Like that. So a lot of them were like kind of calling bullshit on the whole thing the whole time. Um, and yeah, and the reason why I'm like, you know, I avoid even talking about this shit altogether because it's yeah. so heated. We can and, move on. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying I don't want to talk about it with you, but I'm just saying. Uh, it, it, I think we should so move on pretty quick, I think, oh, okay, I think yeah. we've lost people just talking. I think when they heard Mueller, they're like, oh, fuck, I thought we were over this. No, trust me. We, there were never any people to lose. I got quite a back catalog. I need to listen. I was just talking to Jared Levin like five minutes before this, and he's like, oh, I was on Rogan's podcast. So oh, I, yeah, I, I had him on a while back. Yeah. Um, Jared, oh, Jared's hilarious because he, uh, he's actually, um, quite well versed in geopolitics. Like very never, much so. You would never expect it, but, like, <laughs> but he knows think, every fucking South American dictator ever. Yeah. And everything that happened to them, he'll tell you that when they were assassinated, he'll yep. tell you the, the monetary policy that they were and he has to introduce. Surfer, you know, boy, like fucking intonation. He's like, dude, you don't even know Pinochet. Like, I can't even get into it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, dude, bro, when they dollarize the economy of Ecuador, you know, <laughs> there's like, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, well, that's one of the things uh, I love about comics in general is that, like, well, you too, dude, fucking, you know, it's like, why, um, for all intents and purposes, no one would expect, like, somebody who is even remotely interested in, say stocks or business what reading the wall street journal when you're a kid you know what i mean like to be a comedian to want to be a comedian or to even be one but it's like to me i feel like it's the um it's a thing that transcends everything you know race gender whatever whatever you know it's the thing that unifies <laughs> us all because it's i mean it's like we're all, we all have a sickness essentially yeah, we, we all do. have the same disease Absolutely. You know? um but like how did you start so you were fucking I'm guessing you were, were you kind of like a straight, uh, straight edge or straight, you know, just kind of like a nice good kid, like, you know, not doing drugs and. Not yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, I drank, you know, in high school and kids here did, uh, they had weed. It was, it was easier to get weed in the Twin Cities than it was to get alcohol in like, uh, hmm. it makes you know, sense. 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. weird. But, um, yeah. And then I went to college, I went to college in Washington, D.C., and I studied business, and I always loved comedy. Um, I, I thought I would just do business because it seemed logical and it seemed like you make money and you retire and it's nice. Um, but then uh, I did, I worked for some companies in DC and then decided to move out to LA. And it was in LA, I realized I gotta do comedy. Like I had taken, my mom and sister got me some improv classes for, Christmas one year uh -huh. and in DC and then I did that and I'm like yeah I did improv a little bit and I once I got to LA I just I was itching to start doing stand-up so that's when it started so you just had the bug you just wanted to do it you just oh, wanted yeah. to oh that's fucking that's interesting and is that something that's always been there since you were a kid or like is that just uh you know what I mean like yeah, I, I guess so. Like as a kid, I there were a few things that I wanted to be, and I think all it was just from movies. Like I wanted to be an actor because I saw movies. I wanted to be an inventor because I saw Carrot Top in the movie uh, Chairman of the Board, and I wanted to be an investment banker because of Chevy Chase in the movie Nothing But Trouble. I wanted oh, to be a, a limo driver 
because of Floyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber. So wow, but, but I mean the unifying thing through all of that is that they're all comedies. I mean that's, that's the funny thing is like they're all you know like they're all comic things. So you always kind of had like this um, whatever you just like comedic sensibility or whatever. Or just you were attracted to comedy. I always loved comedy. You. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, it would make sense. Um, oh, dude, I want to talk actually about this oil thing. All right. Yeah. So, so the whole thing with oil, like I've been hearing um, a lot of people, you know, uh, basically like how the Saudis and the Russians were essentially flooding the market yep. with oil, right? Like, and there's this whole uh, narrative that it was a war, that they were sort of at war with each other. You know what I mean? That they were sort of like competing against each other for the market, whatever, flooding the But there's, um, I've been hearing some other people just talk about how like, if you really think about it though, the true, the real victim in this is the US. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like the person it hurts the most, both sides have an interest in basically hurting us because we became such uh, a producer, uh, especially with all the fracking and all that stuff mm -hmm. under the Obama years or whatever. And I think- Canada um, too. Oh yeah, and Canada, I mean, Canada's a big part of that, right? Like I know their currency is like tied to oil and stuff like, um, so, so then, so do you really, um, so what do you think, man? Do you think that like, cause, okay, I think for one thing, it's really interesting if you just kind of zoom out and look at the US and you go, all right, in 2001, they were attacked. Okay. Mm -hmm. They basically said, all right, it was a bunch of Middle Easterners. So uh, we're going to go to war at <laughs> least. And uh, by the way, secure, try to secure the oil there. Okay. That's, uh, that's going to be like, you know, that's a side effect, but whatever. But meanwhile, so fast forward eight years later, Obama becomes president and they just start fracking technology starts booming. Right. And they just start fracking everywhere. And we're just like, you know what, we're just going to fucking open it up and just start flooding the market with our fucking gas and oil. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so we basically, fuck the Russians essentially, right? Because so yeah. much of their economy was tied to oil and we were tanking the price of it. So, For sure. so now it's like another, you know, 10 years later and mm -hmm. we, so much of our economy is tied to energy production mm -hmm. or whatever. And the Saudis and the um, Russians have a, you know, they're supposed to be at war with each other, but in the meantime, it's going to basically decimate energy production in the United States. Because I, I heard something like, a lot of those companies, they need oil to be like above 30 to be profitable, yeah. you know, like, so if it's under 30, like they're fucked essentially. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's like, do you think that there was some calculated measure in terms of trying to fuck with the U.S.'s market share or whatever? Or do you think it's just an unintended consequence of like... You, wait, you, know, you just said China. Was that a Freudian slip or did you mean Russia and Saudi Arabia? Oh, my Russia? bad. Yeah, not China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, China is a part of it too. I, there is... China is an element in there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Go on, man. Well, I want to hear about that. But absolutely, I think there's no doubt that the Russians and the Saudis have a bone to pick with us. Um, Russia especially, but... Oh, you cut out. Oop, hello. There. I hear you. Oh, there we go. Okay. I think it cut out All for right, a second. Okay. All right. All right. That, yeah, you were just saying, uh, last thing you said was that uh, the Russians were definitely pissed at the U.S. Yeah. And uh, obviously, as you've pointed out, their economy is very much tied to oil. Putin um, had a pretty good wave of economic growth until, like, the financial crisis and then oil peaked, and then we started, as you said, flooding the market. Um, 
So I think that there's no doubt about that. I, I think that's actually relatively a mainstream view, right? Oh, okay. This point. Oh, uh, no, I didn't really, I've never, I haven't heard it much framed in terms of like it attacking, like being an attack on us. More that like we are going to obviously feel the effects of yeah. this, 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 the market flooding with all the oil and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but you think it is definitely, it just seems obvious that like, yeah, it's a calculated move to essentially hurt us economically. Yeah, well, I think they just want to shake off competitors, you know, as you said, who have higher cost basis where right. $30 is the break-even point. And by the way, it's unfortunate for recycled plastic because, like, it's only profitable if oil is, like, over $50 a barrel. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. So yeah. a lot of the single-stream recycling, if you put plastic in, they'll just put it in the um, landfill when it's below $50 a barrel because it, it literally will cost them money to recycle it. Right. Yeah. Which is why, again, you know, there's only so much that shaming the person for not throwing the thing in the recycling bin is going to do. If oil is under $50 a barrel, they're just going to dump it all in the fucking Paper, though. Landfill. I love trees. Save fucking paper. Oh, no. Just paper, yeah. Paper. We should, yeah, really phase out paper or at least figure out a new way of hemp. You could use hemp. Well, mm -hmm. that's the whole thing is that we've had a thing this whole time that's completely renewable, you know, does it? Yeah. Well, anyways. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the thing about China is that the thing that I'm hearing about China is that, okay, so China is essentially going is, I, I think they're on their way to becoming the number one consumer of oil, right? They're, they're, they're basically speculating that they need a shitload of oil, uh, especially to run their, um, you know, that new Silk Road thing they're building. They're right. building a giant road across Eurasia. Uh, mm -hmm. So for all of that, and, and then the shit they want to build along the way, and then also they have a lot of um, they have a lot of relationships with Africa, and they have a lot, a lot of transport costs. They're actually growing tons of food out there and mining tons of shit out there, and they're essentially creating, doing all this like infrastructure. Um, I don't know. They just like kind of go into a country in Africa and basically like make a deal with them and be like, here, we'll fix this port up for you guys, and then you mm -hmm. know uh, we'll take a cut or whatever, you know. So they. Are, they're doing a lot of um, they're doing a lot of work, so they are consuming tons of energy. And so, um, one of the things I was hearing is that like um, it's sort of a concerted effort, probably between Russia, China, the Saudis, and Iran, to start decoupling um, everybody from the petrodollar, like mm -hmm. the, the the world essentially, to try to create a new reserve currency and shift mm -hmm. everybody over. And one of the ideas is that it would either be um, a gold something backed with gold or it's either two things i heard one is like they may try to move to some kind of uh standard that's pegged onto something like gold a uh, commodity like gold or the other or a digital currency and then the other thing i heard of is trying to create like this uh, imf basket of currencies so a bunch of different countries kind of like pool their currencies together and then the imf says like this is the reserve currency or whatever so essentially so basically it's like this kind of long-term game to start taking um, the world economy off the petrodollar and to create a new reserve currency. Um, and a lot of that's through the oil manipulation and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm too, I'm not smart. That's the whole thing is like, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not like a total dummy, but I know I'm too dumb to under totally understand. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, it's like, I, I kind of like understand on a surface level, you know, like even when you say petrodollar, I just think back to the movie network. Did you ever see that? Oh yeah, movie. fuck yeah! I love oh. I love Network, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A terrific movie. Petrodollar was huge back then because of the the oil crisis. 
Yeah. <laughs> they were all talking about that. And uh, also that was back when, um, wasn't it like 74 when we got off gold? So essentially yeah. it yeah, was like, yeah, Nick, Nixon took us off gold. And the next thing you know, we hooked ourselves onto to oil and then like huge crises happened, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know. I don't understand really either, but do you, do you understand any of that, man? Do you understand well, any of this business well, about gold? A little, to a, a little extent, you know, like what's happened recently with the collapse in oil prices, that has dragged down consumer prices overall. I don't know if you saw, I think d data released maybe yesterday or today said that consumer prices fell almost 1% last month alone, which is Ooh. huge. Yeah. Right, yeah. 0.8% they say. It's probably worse than that. Um, and, but if you take away oil and food prices, which are the most volatile, it's about a half a percent, 0.4%, they said. Mm. So it's interesting how much you can see, like oil is having double the effect basically on our currency compared to all other prices, mm. uh, just because of the rapid decline of it. Oh, so you mean like just the movement of the price of oil is messing, is affecting the prices when I say currency, I should have said uh, prices, you know. Oh, but okay, gotcha. It, it, obviously, it's all linked, you know, like what our prices are affect our, the, you know, the value of the dollar compared to other global currencies. So it, it, there are a lot of different, obviously, threads to it. So, I mean, do you think that we will go into what they, uh, like what I hear is a, called a deflation, deflationary spiral or whatever, you know, where it's just essentially, that's what they're trying to pre prevent, right? Essentially, yeah, the last if you don't put want. enough money in consumers' hands, that's definitely what's going to happen. Right. And then everything, just prices start plummeting and then, yeah, yay. <laughs> but then the opposite would be hyperinflation, right? <laughs> where the dollar, we, we just have, it costs us a thousand dollars to get a pack of gum or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, we got that's a less remote, a, a, a less, uh, probable risk at this point that seems more remote you think so so, so you don't I, think it'll ever get to like weimar republic uh, type you know nonsense like i've been like wrong that? before it very well <laughs> might but it seems like we're going in the deflation direction right now if um if we need wheelbarrows full of cash we're gonna do a second another podcast yeah <laughs> i will eat like, my cat you're gonna yeah. no you're gonna eat a wheelbarrow full of cash actually yeah. which is how much a cat is cost Past. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast. My man. pleasure. Thank you, Roger. Um, is there any place the the you know the people can find you? Like, uh, you want to plug your all the content, Instagram, shit. or yeah, check out my Instagram, please. It's my last name, L I N S M A Y E R Linsmeyer. Obviously, Roger will spell it in the fucking show notes. So, uh, thanks again for having me. This was fun. No problem, man. Thanks a lot. And um, I guess you are you going to be back in LA sometime soon, or what are you going to are you going to be out there for a Probably while? Probably this summer. Yeah, um, playing it by ear, but uh -huh. uh, I'll be back. All right, man. Well, all right, dude. Good talking to you. And, Likewise. Uh, talk to you soon. Yeah. Take care. All right. Take care. Hey, by the way, if you want to join, uh, like Ryan and uh, Jared and I, we were talking on Google Hangouts and some other people. I'll oh yeah. You. I'm not sure if they're still on, but I'll try to get it going again. Okay, yeah, send me a link. All right, cool. All right, man. Bye. Take care.